Compass Media Networks. This is America's First News. This morning with your host, Gordon Deal. The polarizing and influential Kissinger. Good morning, I'm Gordon Deal, along with Jennifer Koshenka. On this Thursday, November 30th, glad you could be with us. Here's what we have for you this hour. Former presidential advisor Henry Kissinger, one of America's best-known diplomats who served under Presidents Nixon and Ford, has died at 100. The temporary ceasefire between Israel and Hamas has been extended by one more day. We'll have the latest. The Biden administration is playing defense as it faces eroding support from black voters. Here are the primary complaints. And what to know about getting a day pass for an airport lounge if you have a long delay or layover. It's definitely not cheap, um, but neither is food on the, air, uh, on the airport concourses. And so I guess it's just a question of kind of how long you have to kill uh, and, and, and what your kind of value proposition is there. Zach Wichter at USA Today on how to get your family into the airport lounge. Henry Kissinger, the only American official ever to serve as Secretary of State and National Security Advisor at the same time, has died at age 100. The German-born Mr. Kissinger, who earned a controversial Nobel Peace Prize for the Paris Peace Accords with North Vietnam, served under Presidents Nixon and Ford. He died yesterday at his home in Connecticut. His efforts led to the U.S. diplomatic opening with China, landmark U.S.-Soviet arms control talks, and expanded ties between Israel and its Arab neighbors. In no area of the world is it more difficult to promote a trusted, lasting peace than in the Middle East. While many hailed Mr. Kissinger for his brilliance and broad experience, others branded him a war criminal for his support for anti-communist dictatorships, especially in Latin America. For his eight years of government service, which ran from 1969 through 1977, President Ford awarded him the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Israel and Hamas struck a last-minute agreement earlier today to extend their six-day ceasefire by one more day to allow negotiators to keep working on deals to swap hostages held in Gaza for Palestinian prisoners. Shortly after the agreement, Israeli police said two Palestinian attackers opened fire at a bus stop during morning rush hour at the entrance to Jerusalem, killing two people and wounding eight others. Both attackers were neutralized. Meanwhile, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken arrived in Tel Aviv earlier today. We're reminded yet again by the events in Jerusalem today of the threat from terrorism that uh, Israel and Israelis face every single day. This is his third trip since last month's terror attack on Israel by Hamas. Hamas freed 16 hostages in exchange for 30 Palestinian prisoners yesterday. This process is producing results. It's important, and we hope that it can continue. Before the agreement, both Israel and Hamas had said they were preparing to resume fighting as negotiators over uh, as negotiations over the next batch of hostages to be released hit an impasse. To Washington now, House Speaker Mike Johnson is expressing concern about expelling embattled New York Republican George Santos from the chamber but says he and other GOP leaders are going to allow people to vote their conscience. The vote is likely to take place tomorrow. There are people of good faith who make an argument, both pro and con, for the expulsion um, resolution for Santos. The 35-year-old Mr. Santos has survived two previous expulsion efforts in his first year in Congress and has said he will not seek re-election. A months-long investigation by the House Ethics Committee found that Mr. Santos sought to fraudulently exploit every aspect of his House candidacy for his own personal financial profit. 
He faces 23 charges in federal court, including criminal corruption charges. He also fabricated large aspects of his life story in his election campaign. Some Republicans are holding out hope that he'll resign first, but Mr. Santos has been adamant that will not happen. Hey, it's Gordon Deal, your personal HelloFresh holiday helper. Seriously, make your holiday festivities stand out with HelloFresh with over 45 scrumptious recipes that will impress at your party. This season, indulge in the joy of cooking made simple. HelloFresh delivers right to your door so it's convenient and saves time. And with the very specific step-by-step instructions from HelloFresh, it's easy for someone with zero kitchen skills like me to follow along. Make it the tastiest holiday season yet with HelloFresh. HelloFresh lets me ditch the store run. No stressing about running back and forth or worrying about forgetting something. Their farm-fresh and pre-portioned ingredients make cooking easy, fun, and affordable. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Gordon Free and use code Gordon Free for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash Gordon Free with the code Gordon Free. Unleash the tasty seasonal flavors from America's number one meal kit. Order HelloFresh today at HelloFresh.com slash Gordon Free. Hey, thanks for spending time with us. Welcome into Thursday. Black voters say President Biden has abandoned his pledge to always have their backs and are threatening to withhold their support in 2024. And some are even drifting toward former President Trump. It's a story by Jeff Mordock, White House reporter at The Washington Times. Jeff, what are you hearing? Well, it's really interesting because what we hear from a lot of people in the media that the black community is angry that the president has had and has promised to have their backs with his agenda. And that includes things like uh, student loan forgiveness and um, cracking police reform. But what it really is from talking to black community leaders and black political strategists, it's the same. It's 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 the economy that they have been hit harder, they feel, than the white community in terms of how the economy has impacted that. You know, grocery prices are soaring, gasoline prices are soaring, housing prices are soaring. And that really disproportionately hits the black community because they don't have the generational wealth of their or the savings of their white counterparts, according to studies. Wow. All right. So this this recent, fairly recent New York Times Siena College poll really seems to have gotten the attention um, of, of those who feel that the, the black community is not in good standing with President Biden here. What what are the White House talking points here for the black community? Well, the White House talking points is that he has not given up on the black community, that he is going across the country and meeting with members of the black community. And he has provided support for historically black colleges and universities. He has taken action on criminal justice reform. But, you know, he has sent several million dollars over to historically black colleges and universities. So has President Trump. They both, if you compare both of their records, and President Trump actually ordered his Department of Education to forgive uh, some of the debt that HBCUs owned the government. If you compare their records on HBCUs, they're both about the same, President Trump and President Biden. So Biden doesn't really get an edge there. They'll also point to relief programs. For example, the Inflation Reduction Act, uh, that commits that at least 40% of certain federal investments must go to black and underserved communities. Um, but then the White House is also pointing out to things, well, households can save 30% with tax credits for environmentally friendly home renovations. And in my article, they, they, point, they pointed me to that as an example of the way they're helping the black community. And while there's some truth to that, that's not limited to the African-American community. It's okay. limited to anybody. 
We're speaking with Jeff Mordock, White House reporter at The Washington Times. His piece is called Disappointed Black Voters Pull Support and Imperil Biden Re-Election. So if a certain percentage of black voters are going to pull their support from President Biden, what does that mean? That they won't show up to vote, won't, won't cast a ballot, or that they might go to somebody like former President Trump? Uh, what I think the bigger concern is, is that they stay home. In this election, whoever the nominee is going to be against President Biden, it's, it, it's going to be such a tight, tight, tight race that you can't afford any slippage of your base. And we're seeing this now because President Biden's also having a problem with the Muslim and Arab American communities because he's been so abashed, unabashedly supportive of Israel. We're starting to see that they're decamping from the president. Now we're starting to see the black community decamp from the president. And you can't afford any erosion of your base. We are seeing some, some flock to President Trump. It, it would be significant because a Republican presidential candidate hasn't won more than 12% of the black vote since Dwight Eisenhower in 1956. Mm. But the fact that President Trump, or um, excuse me, President Biden is nailed down to a, that, um, that 71% of black voters would back Mr. President Biden in a rematch, 71% seems like a lot. But you think about in 2020, President Biden captured 92% of the black vote. And right now, President, former President Trump is pulling at 22% with black voters. He got 8% in 2020. So any way you look at it, that's a significant increase for, President, for former President Trump and a significant decrease for President Biden. Thanks, Jeff. Jeff Mordock, White House reporter at The Washington Times. 20 minutes after the hour on This Morning, here's Jennifer Koshenka. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. Israel and Hamas agreed to extend their ceasefire by at least a further 24 hours, just minutes before the fragile truce hit its deadline. The six-day pause in fighting so far has seen almost 100 Israeli and Thai hostages released from Hamas captivity in Gaza and at least 180 Palestinian prisoners released from Israeli detention. Under the terms of the deal between the warring parties, three Palestinian prisoners are exchanged for every one Israeli hostage. President Biden confirmed that one of the freed hostages was a dual Israeli-American national. I talked to their mother and father. They're very appreciative and uh, things are moving well. She'll soon be home with their three children. The top officials from Qatar, Egypt, and the U.S. and Israel have been involved in the ceasefire talks. Number two. Henry Kissinger, the German-born American diplomat, academic, and presidential advisor who served as Secretary of State for two presidents and left his stamp on U.S. foreign policy for decades, has died at the age of 100. Kissinger was both revered and controversial, praised by supporters as a brilliant strategist, and condemned by critics as a master manipulator. Secretary of State Antony Blinken. Secretary Kissinger really set the standard for everyone who followed uh, in um, in this job. Kissinger maintained his global influence well after leaving public life, evidenced most recently by his meeting with Chinese President Xi Jinping in Beijing in July. Number three. More than 190 governments are gathered in Dubai for the UN's annual two-week summit where nations attempt to forge a collective response to the problem of climate change. This year, four topics are expected to dominate the negotiations, a report on the worldwide implementation of the landmark Paris Accord, the future of fossil fuels, climate finance for poorer countries, and setting up a fund to pay for climate change. 
Vice President Kamala Harris will join the U.S. delegation at the conference this weekend. No surprise here, Taylor Swift is Spotify's 2023 most played artist. Swift was the most streamed artist globally, raking in more than 26 billion streams since January 1st. That means the pop powerhouse has dethroned Puerto Rican reggaeton star Bad Bunny, who held the title for three years in a row. He's now number two, followed by The Weeknd and Drake. I just love what Travis Kelsey has done for Taylor Swift's yes, career right, here right, right. Now. Thanks. Thanks, Kelsey. <laughs> Thanks for being with us with the holiday travel season in full swing. Many flyers are thinking about how they can get behind those rarefied glass doors of the airport lounge. Lounge access has gotten more expensive, and the spaces themselves are more crowded with the proliferation of credit cards that include access. Are they worth it? Here's Zach Wichter, travel columnist at USA Today. Zach, what should we know? There are lots of different lounges at many airports uh, and many different ways to get in. So obviously the ones that people are probably the most familiar with are the airline lounges, you know, the American Airlines Admirals Club, uh, the United Clubs, the Delta Sky Clubs. If you're flying those airlines on a premium ticket or you have very high status with them, you may be able to get in that way. But there are also a lot of non-airline associated clubs like the Amex Centurion lounges, there are lots of private clubs kind of across various airports that you can either buy membership to or pay for a day pass for or get some other way. So there are lots of different lounges, lots of different ways to get in. I personally am not always the biggest fan of the lounge. I kind of don't mind just making my way to the gate. And also I try to cut it a little close so I'm not spending a lot of time in the airport yeah. anyway um, but the lounges can be great options for a lot of people and obviously many travelers really like that experience of going into the lounge especially if they have a long connection and so yeah there are plenty of ways to get in plenty of different options so yeah I mean I always think like uh, the family like you got a, you're traveling with a one-year-old and a three-year-old and all of a sudden you find out you know, there's like a six-hour delay for your flight or something. I always thought that's an ideal time, even just to buy a day pass, but I'm not always sure what's involved with that. What about day passes? Yeah, so different lounges have different policies. Some do uh, sell day passes, and oftentimes it's those independent lounges that are the most likely to sell day passes. Amex Centurion, which I mentioned before, is a little bit different when it comes to the independent ones because... I believe you require a membership or you need to have the right credit card for that. But in many airports, especially big airports that uh, handle a lot of connecting flights, there are lots of independent lounges as well that you can usually just go to the counter uh, and if they have enough capacity that day, they'll sell you a day pass. Okay. Similarly, a lot of the airline lounges, if they're not super crowded and you're flying on that airline that day, you may be able to go to the counter and just see what's available. So if you're stuck in the airport with lots of, you know, with your whole family, lots of people, a long time between flights, it's worth checking that out if, uh, if, if you're going to be just sitting around anyway. And the other nice thing about most lounges is typically they offer food for free. So in addition to buying yourself access to a better seat, maybe a slightly less hectic environment than sitting out on the yeah. airplane uh, the airline, the terminal concourse, uh, you'll also be able to, you know, grab a bite to eat. Hmm. We're speaking with Zach Wichter, travel columnist at USA Today. He's written about airport lounges. Um, if you were to buy a day pass, what might that set you back? And you have to buy one for everybody in your group. You do, yeah. And so 
I would say typically you're looking at probably around $80 or so. One of the ones that I saw, American Airlines Admirals Clubs, if you uh, are flying on, a, on an American ticket that day and you want to go to the AA lounge, uh, it'll be $79 per person and you have to have a valid ticket for that day. So it's definitely not cheap, um, but neither is food on the, air, uh, on the airport concourses. And so I guess it's just a question of kind of how long you have to kill uh, and, and, and what your kind of value proposition is there. Exactly. Zach Wichter, travel columnist at USA Today. Tired of trying to separate fact from fiction? Get your information from a source you can trust. You're listening to America's First News this morning with Gordon Deal. Thanks for spending time with us. Welcome into Thursday, November 30th. Gordon Deal, Jennifer Koshenka, some of our top stories and headlines. Longtime American statesman Henry Kissinger has died at 100. Israel and Hamas agree to extend their truce for another day today. The next expulsion vote for New York Congressman George Santos is expected tomorrow. USA Today says an off-the-books tavern allowed for invitation-only day drinking inside the North American Aerospace Defense Command in Colorado. Aaron Rodgers practicing with the Jets, Seahawks, and Cowboys in Thursday night football. And the Cat Adoption Post hailed for its brutal honesty. That story in about 20 minutes. This portion of the program is brought to you by Dell. Black Friday is Dell's biggest sale of the year. Save on laptops still, like the XPS 13, engineered to do it all on the Intel Evo platform and more. Shop now at dell.com deals. Americans, by many measures, are unhappier at work than they have been in years. Despite wage increases, more paid time off, and greater control over where they work, the number of U.S. workers who say they are angry, stressed, and disengaged is climbing. Here's Vanessa Furman's deputy bureau chief at the Wall Street Journal. Vanessa, what's up here? We've been watching the Gallup uh, workplace report every year, uh, and that along with other surveys that we've seen of, of workers just shows that, you know, we, we had thought that uh, coming out of the pandemic, the further we got out of it, people would be getting back to normal in terms of levels of burnout, stress, and discontagement, and it just continues to go up. So we wanted to explore basically what, what we were seeing there. Um, but in terms of the Gallup report itself, um, you know, when, it, when, when you break down U.S. workers in particular, uh, they say they're more angry, more stressed, and more disengaged than they were even last year. Goodness, how much uh, of a role does inflation play? Uh, I think that plays a, that plays some chunk. You know, one one big thing that has gotten better for a lot of workers is that wages really started to jump um, in, in the second year of the pandemic. Uh, if you <laughs> will recall, the whole decade before, we really didn't see a lot in wage increases. Um, as we were still coming out of the financial crisis and 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 workers just didn't have the leverage really to to push through big pay raises. Um, but we've seen that, and we thought that that would um, you know really make people like their jobs a bit more. but you know, as we all know, inflation has taken a big chunk out of those pay raises. yeah. Uh, you, you spoke to this woman, this Lindsay Leesman, uh, thirty eight years old, I think worked for a philanthropy. Uh, outfit. What, what's her story? What'd she say? 
you know, she she's I I found like a really good story because she really encapsulates what's going on with a lot of workers in terms of their expectations. Um, you know, a big part of this discontent that we're seeing now seems to be a lot about expectations. People have higher expectations of of what they want out of their work life and their job. And with her, you know, before the pandemic, she was going to, to the office, commuting five days a week. During the pandemic, she started working remotely, like a lot of us, um, realized how beneficial that was to her and her family in terms of flexibility and, and being there to put her son on the school bus and, and being there when he got home. And, um, you know, a lot of people realize, hey, we can do this, we can work just fine without our commutes. And now that people are being called back to the office, in Lindsay's case, it was two days a week, um, she realized that was better than what she had going before the pandemic, but the whole pandemic experience really changed sort of what she wants and mm. expects. And so now those two days a week do not feel like a, a, a gift. Wow. <laughs> they, they feel like a burden. Jeez. We're speaking with Vanessa Furman's Deputy Bureau Chief at the Wall Street Journal. Her story is called, Why is Everyone So Unhappy at Work Right Now? What do CEOs or leaders say about this? Well, they're frustrated too. I mean, <laughs> from from a from a business leader's perspective, they think that look, we spent we spent lots of money, but we also spent a lot. We we paid a lot of attention to employees' burnout, work uh, stress, and so forth during the pandemic. A lot of companies spent a lot more money on these kind of things um, to help workers out, like childcare assistance, um, well-being bonuses. More companies offer more paid time off than they did before. So they are kind of throwing their hands up in the air. They don't understand why workers are still dissatisfied and discontent even after all the extra money they've spent. Yeah. What about, like, does the distance represent a problem at times? Distance between a a worker in the office, for example? Yeah, it cuts both ways. I mean, as as we all know, um, a lot of workplaces are now hybrid. So some people are in the office, some people aren't. Um, a lot of people don't work in the same um, place as their boss does or their coworkers. So that that creates some disconnects, for, uh, dis, yeah, disconnectedness among workers. Um, the other issue is that you know, people like their remote work um, in terms of flexibility and freedom and control. At the same time, even someone who's very happy to have those options can also feel somewhat more isolated uh, from coworkers, from, from their workplace. And I, I, that seems to also be contributing to discontent. Thanks, Vanessa. Vanessa Furman's Deputy Bureau Chief at The Wall Street Journal. It is time now for the mic drop with this morning's Mike Gavin. Good morning. Well, it's becoming increasingly clear that if you're looking for a bulletproof job security, moving to Australia and becoming a snake catcher is the move to make. We have two new harrowing snake stories today. We start with the curious snake that had to be rescued after lodging its head in an energy drink can. A snake catcher posted pictures of the trapped reptile on Facebook, showing the venomous copperhead snake flip about with a purple aluminum can stuck to its head. The snake handler said she was able to free the snake without it suffering any serious injuries and then took the opportunity to remind people to make sure they crush their cans before tossing them so that the copperheads with their tiny heads don't end up in a sticky situation. Mm. Apparently the way they work too, their scales only move them forward, yeah. the snakes. So once they're in 
some like, like you know they get their head in the can they can't back out yeah at yes. that point they can only move forward and so getting a can off your head once it's stuck would be increasingly difficult right so it, it looked like maybe they they cut the end of the can off so the snake could continue to slither out yeah right the, the, the opening uh, right. at going forward yeah 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 oh, v- boy. V- very carefully because that was a pretty pretty decent sized snake there as soon as you said venomous copperhead snake flailing about <laughs> yes i started running you're in the next zip code oh, at that I'll point see you later leave it <laughs> yeah. to the pros yeah let me know when it's over yeah and and maybe i'll come back you imagine like a bunch of kids hey yeah can you help us look right. this snake is stuck yeah peace out not me a venomous <laughs> copperhead snake flailing about the no good thanks. news is there are plenty of snake handlers available uh, in australia uh, at least yes. it seems so like yes. i said good job security there Man. speaking of which and if you're trying to lose weight stepping on the scale can be one of your least favorite chores of the week now imagine that your scale was being stalked by a scaly poisonous intruder a snake catcher was called to a south south australian home where a woman spotted a venomous snake in her bathroom and watched it slither right into her scale video also posted to facebook showed the snake wrangler removing the juvenile eastern brown snake from inside the woman's scale with the caption joking that the little snake must have been concerned about his weight the homeowner theorized the snake must have hitched a ride inside the house with a mop that had previously been left outside the snake was released back into the wild a safe distance from the home i see what exactly is that safe distance that is exactly what i wrote on my notes <laughs> that is up for interpretation sh- isn't it right well we you know we've just discussed that you're at least in the next zip code yeah uh, most likely and if you're living in that house um is you know for sale signs go up uh how quickly yeah and i think australians are generally like immune to it well yeah that you like, have to be at this point uh, right? yeah just just put it at a safe distance from the house never mind that it could like you know kill a cow roaming in the field i mean they you know they do move they yeah. <laughs> what is this safe distance i'm sure given a day or so it'll make its way back how about just this thing like inside the scale like the, the guy right. was removing it like by unscrewing like the two scale halves yeah. right to, to lift one part off the other to get the snake out so bad enough you have to weigh yourself then all yeah. of a sudden a snake comes uh, crawling yeah. out of there oh, he's on there on the floor with his face three inches <laughs> from the scale trying to get out a venomous snake no thanks. Old, unused Google accounts and all the messages and photos connected with them could be deleted starting tomorrow. The company plans to start deleting accounts that have been inactive for two years or longer for security reasons. Google says this will apply to products like Gmail, Google Photos, and Google Drive, but not YouTube videos or enterprise accounts. Google will send notices to any backup email addresses or phone numbers ahead of time. The Washington Post says you should plan ahead to make sure your accounts won't be lost down the line. Consider these steps. Number one, sign in now. This will buy you some time to decide what to do next. Also, if you've forgotten the password or your account was hacked, start with Google's account recovery page and try to reset it. Eight minutes now in front of the hour on This Morning. Once again, here's Jennifer Koshenka. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. Israel and Hamas agreed to extend the temporary truce by one day following the release of 16 hostages held by militants in Gaza. Qatar announced the extension early today. Before the announcement, 10 Israelis, including one who is also a U.S. citizen, were released as part of the soon-to-expire deal. Meanwhile, three people were killed in a shooting attack at a Jerusalem bus stop during rush hour. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken. We're reminded yet again by the events in Jerusalem today of the threat from terrorism that uh, Israel and Israelis face 
every single day. Earlier, two boys aged 8 and 14 were shot dead during an Israeli raid in the city of Jenin in the occupied West Bank. The Israeli military hasn't commented on the boys specifically, but says it killed a senior Islamic Jihad commander and arrested 17 others during an operation targeting a refugee camp. Number two. A court-appointed monitor overseeing the Trump organization has informed a New York judge about $40 million in cash transfers that were not previously disclosed as required. The transactions included $29 million sent to former President Trump. The other transfers were for insurance premiums and the $5.6 million Trump posted in June as security while he appeals a verdict in favor of the writer E. Jean Carroll for sexually abusing her in the 90s and for defaming her when she went public with her allegation when he was in the White House. The Monitor, a retired federal judge, was appointed last November to oversee the financial statements of Trump's company. Number three. Multiple House Republicans say they believe there is now enough support by GOP lawmakers to boot George Santos from Congress this week. Fellow New Yorker Nicole Maliotakis. We have seen enough evidence. We know that he uh, needs to go and we're going to take that action. And this is a matter of you know right and wrong. Um, Yes, I don't want to lose the vote, but it's a matter of right and wrong. House Speaker Mike Johnson says the vote on the resolution will be held tomorrow. Imagine corralling this ponytail, a 46-year-old Indian woman who hasn't had a haircut since the age of 14, earned a Guinness World Record when her tresses were measured at 7 feet 9 inches long. The woman, who was inspired by the long hairstyle sported by Hindi actresses from the 80s, says she has no intention of cutting her hair anytime soon. Now, if she's particular and you would like her to go out, say, on the weekend, you need to tell her on Thursday today (laughs) to be ready for Saturday. I don't know how you don't trip. Seven feet. How do you pack that up? I don't know. Jeez. Thank you, Jen. Did you know traditional bed sheets harbor as much bacteria as a toilet seat? The germs in your sheets can cause acne, allergies, stuffy noses, and other gross ailments. Fears, though, that you can put to bed with Miracle Made bed sheets. Miracle Made uses silver infused fabrics inspired by NASA that are thermoregulating to keep you at a perfect temperature all night. Miracle Made is self cleaning, self cooling, luxurious, eco friendly bedding designed to protect your skin for more restorative rest. My wife and I love them. Now, my listeners can have a clean night's sleep while saving over 40% and sleep cool all summer and warm all winter. The website, trymiracle.com slash Gordon. Claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% at checkout. Miracle-made products are backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, the website, trymiracle.com slash Gordon. Trymiracle.com slash Gordon to save big. You can sleep cool, comfy, and clean. Miracle-made bedding, NASA-inspired for out-of-this-world comfort. Sleep clean with Miracle. Thanks for being with us. If honesty is the best policy, it'll surely help a cat with attitude get adopted in Maryland. A funny Facebook post about a cat named Quinn has gone viral. Quinn, age three, a tortoise, was brought to the Humane Society of Washington County in Hagerstown as a stray. She's currently the longest-term cat resident of the shelter. Fox News says, unlike a more typical adoption advertisement, the shelter highlighted all of Quinn's quirks, namely that she's not exactly the most sociable and lovable cat, The post reads, do you want a cat who doesn't want you? Do you crave the feeling of being judged in your own home? If you answered yes, we have the cat for you. The post concludes with, if you adopt Quinn, you will not be her owner because Quinn cannot be owned. She will own you, your house, your belongings, and everything you hold dear. That'll do it for this hour. For Jennifer Koshenka and Mike Gavin, I'm Gordon Deal. Thanks for listening to This Morning, America's First News.